Is Zombie Bob more palatable than regular Bob? Oh, that's actually a really good question. Welcome to the Metacast. I tell you what, Bob, I have a bone to pick with you, my friend. Bring it on, Josh. Bring it on. You know what? Because I have a cold and I'm feeling sick and I'm I'm not going to put up with your crap. Wow. It feels like we're going to get to a resolution on this nice and crystal clear. Everybody's going to walk away happy. Just these attitudes. It feels like the perfect way to attack a conflict, wouldn't you say? I'm not going to agree with you at all. (laughs) I just can't. Right. So if you say apple, I'm going to say pear. Right. I'm just right. If you say banana, I'm going to say, I don't know why I'm in fruit, Josh. I just don't know. I'm going to say pineapple. (laughs) Because you have a cold and your body's telling you eat fruit. Eat fruit. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. In case you haven't noticed, our episode is about conflict resolution. Uh, I have a very interesting real life story uh, that we can get to, but this is so much of what determines a team's success or failure of do these little conflicts linger? Uh, Are they addressed ever? Or do they just like fester and become this thing that slowly tears the team apart? Or are you one of those really healthy teams where the conflict or the frustration, whatever it might be, actually gets out on the table and is discussed like adults and everybody's like, oh, gosh, okay, I didn't understand that. Sorry, I'll adjust. Uh, So this is one of those things that really determines the success of a team, of an organization. So it's very important, which is why we're talking about it, why Bob, even though he has a cold and doesn't feel well, he said, I have to be there. I have to do this for all of you. So definitely like listen in extra hard. Uh, Put this video on YouTube in slow motion or something just so you can soak it all in uh, because everybody likes our voices even deeper. I don't know about that. That scares me, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Slow motion, Bob and Josh. Yeah. Uh, I do. I do want to say, I want to tee up and I want to hear your story. So let's not drop your story. But I think there, I think of healthy conflict as a leader. I think of I'm, when I go into an organization, I look for healthy conflict. Uh, and if there's a lack of healthy conflict and we can explore what that means in a bit, but if there's a lack of healthy conflict, if no one is arguing, if no one is disagreeing, mm. if everyone is following Bob's advice or, or Josh's advice just blindly and nodding their little heads, yes, you're right, Bob. Yes, absolutely. That's the best way to design this piece of software. Uh, then I think there's a problem. There's a safety problem. There's a cultural problem or whatever. Uh, so I'm looking for healthy conflict or the absence of it. Uh, it's just one of the things that you know that I care about. Now that's at the team level. I also think I'm looking for that at the leadership level, at the organizational level. Is there healthy conflict, or or is there not? Is there a, a lack of it? Uh, there's this, and I've never been a, I've never been like passive aggressive behavior. Mm. I've never I've I I've never understood that definition. I should I should look at it and understand what passive aggressive but to me that like the lack of it one of the lack of it is like a passive aggressive sort of nature mm-hmm. where you're passive but then you can get aggressive and disagreeing or backbiting and things like that yeah yeah reactions uh, so that healthy organizational conflict was something that was front and center when you and i first started working together at 
at Teradata. The VP that was running the show there wanted a conflict between uh, product and engineering and even QA, which you were a part of. And, and, yeah. and I struggled with that at that age. I was, I was still pretty darn young. And I'm like, dude, we shouldn't be arguing. But what I didn't understand, what I came to learn over time, is that each person, each role, each department has their own lens, which with with which they are asked to use to focus on. And so that, because not everybody can do everything and be everywhere, you have to have these roles and responsibilities where you say, I'm going to own engineering, which means I'm going to make sure that we build a fantastic product. Product wants us to build things as fast as possible and to get these features out, which is, you know, that's how businesses win. But that conflict of like building architecturally sound and perfect software with getting things out, that's a conflict, but it's a good one and it should exist. And there should be a dialogue about what is the healthy trade-offs that we're going to choose to make. And so often those discussions don't happen at all which leads to really dangerous products where either you don't have the discussion. So just engineers go off and kind of do their own thing or their estimates are ballooned because they know they need to do some architectural work. And then that creates like tension because it's like, well, wait a minute, you're really telling me it's this long to add a checkbox. How many times I've had to argue about the time it takes to at a checkbox is insane, but that's something that in my career, I didn't know right out of the gate and I had to learn. So make sure you really evaluate just as Bob said that he's looking for it. Look within your organization. And is that happening? And if not, we're here to help you start to make it happen and it'll take time, but it's something that's important. I think folks are uncomfortable with it, Josh too. So not only am I looking for it, but I think, other folks on the inside, inside the team or, or inside the leadership team, they're like, oh, look at our organization. We're we're happy-go-lucky. We always agree. We don't have any tension. Uh, so that, to me, there's like, and again, I'm not looking for, I think there's a balance between, you know, healthy conflict and unhealthy conflict, healthy tension and unhealthy. But the absence of it, uh, the organizational leaders are very, you know, often are comfortable with that. And I, I try to, you know, sort of massage them to say, you may not be comfortable with that. There may be a lack of passion. I remember when uh, we were learning uh, Five Dysfunctions of a Team, Pat- Patrick Lencioni's work uh, at whatever company I was at, Channel Advisor, I think. And uh, we we brought training in and the, the gentleman who was training it, so trust, so trust is the base of the pyramid, the, the dysfunctions. And then there's this sort of what, passionate debate or healthy conflict. So you need to build trust to have that. You need to have organizational trust to, in order to get that. But he, he used this term passionate debate around the things that matter. And that to me is the healthy conflict or the healthy tension. It's not about everything. You're not nitpicking. But if you're doing product development, you have that passionate debate about those critical features for the customer. If you're talking about architecture, you have that passionate debate. Not everything matters, so, but sometimes engineers think it does. <laughs> uh, but what do you have that passionate debate around those critical architectural components? Let's that's, that's really dig in there and, and you know sort of shake it up and try to understand what are our options. And let's pick the best option right now that we can. And, and here's what you need to do. If this isn't happening, you need to get that 
healthy debate happening in good times when things are rolling, things are good. Cause if you can't have that debate when things are easy, when it's the little things, when you're already winning, when your team's doing great, you're shipping products, everybody's happy, all those things, there has to be attention there and it has to be front and center and you have to be intentional about it because if you can't handle that, then what are you going to do when the stakes are high and tensions are even higher and whatever timelines are short, you know, customer satisfaction is at an all time low, whatever it might be, whatever those driving factors are, you need to be able to have to, to like lean on that debate, lean on the previous healthy debate you've had when things are good, when times are tough, because when times are tough, everything's harder. So make sure you've built up, you've honed, you've refined those skills um in the good times so that way you're ready for the bad times i mean that's a excellent point josh i mean a super point uh is practice it not practice it but but when it's good get that under your belt uh when the stuff is hitting the fan that is not the time to start looking at tensions and things like that um jeff bezos has this thing called uh i think it's related disagree and commit I think that's what he talks about. Like, we want to have that passionate debate. Disagree. Get in each other's faces. Josh, I think your head is too big. Damn it. Your head is really big, Josh. You need to you need to shrink your head. Who, who has ever argued with that? That's what I want to know. I don't know. I don't <laughs> Show know. me that person. Exactly. Uh, but but it's a, it, it disagree. We, we get it out in the open. So I think this is another part. It's an important part of this this sort of uh, healthy debate and this healthy tension uh, and conflict is once you have it, then put it behind you. If you lose, right, if you lose, suck it up and commit to the direction. I see a lot of folks in teams, uh, I've seen historically a lot of developers, they feel like they lost the battle. You don't want to look at it as win-lose. You want to look at it as like have your say, have that debate, Right. Be, I think Josh said it really early. Be a grown up, be an adult. Right. Realize that you're not going to, your, your way is, you're not going to get your way all the time. Right. Uh, and, you know, and don't, don't pout about it. And then commit. Uh, the, the commit phase is, is like, it's your idea. Now put it in your mind. Like it's, now it's, you, you disagreed with it. You had your case. But now the commit phase is now you're going to support it just like it was your idea. And you're going to move on uh, and, and you're not going to sabotage it or pout about it or anything like that. So I think that's a that's a part of this this healthy this healthy tension is the ability to then what do you do next? And, and you need to move on. You need to get over it, if you will. Yeah, yeah it really is putting the team, the product, the organization first, setting your own personal desires aside and, and in a good, healthy environment. When you air quote lose, I fully expect that you understand the reason why the decision didn't go the way that you wanted it to be. That's what good healthy organizations do is that they know not every angle can be covered and everybody can be happy. It's impossible. That's something I tried doing when I started as a leader and I realized it was impossible. So I started to accept the reality that there are going to be decisions that we have to make that not everybody's going to like. But what I committed to 
was that everybody's going to understand why we're going left instead yeah. of right. And good, smart, intelligent people, they'll be able to piece together the logic and say, oh, okay, I get it. I really don't like it, but I understand how we got there. And that does so much for those folks that are on the other side of the table that wish we had gone left instead of right. And that just helps calm everything there. And and that's such a huge piece is making sure that why is clear, very clear, so that there is no hangover and that everybody can truly get to the disagree and commit phase. I do think there's something like there's an order. There's no perfect order, but I do think that leaders can model this for their organizations, for their teams, and and it helps to do that to show the teams like how you operate, how you, how you operate as a leadership team. If you're operating in the fashion we're describing, then it's going to give your teams a clue that this is how we're going to operate, right? The, this is, you know, we're not going to personalize it. We're going to disagree and commit that it's safe to have, you know, healthy debate, passionate debate around the things that matter, et cetera. So now very often, I think leadership teams do this behind closed doors or they obfuscate it or, and, and you probably, I mean, some of it you should, right? Like if Josh and I, if we're, you know, if we're having a pissing match about cranial size or something, we probably want to take that behind closed doors. But but if we can show and model, the, the point I'm making is modeling to your teams can be really powerful in this case. Yeah. Uh, it can and, connect and the teams to what good looks like. Go ahead, Josh. There's, there's too many leaders that believe their teams can't handle the reality i i hear bob channeling his inner jack and wanting to yell you can't handle the truth but there are so many leaders that believe like oh like they can't there's no way they could understand it like that's just that's so insulting to, to yep. people and that reduces trust and over time as that trust is it just erodes and erodes your company's going to begin to struggle and likely fail so leaders overshare over yep. it's yep. it's likely not oversharing some of you might feel like it's oversharing but it's actually appropriate responsible sharing so go that extra little bit whenever you're sharing things be uncomfortable about sharing additional context and info that maybe you think you know the the engineers can't handle or the the cs team can't handle because they don't whatever like exactly number one stop insulting your people Number two, arm them with information that they can use to make better decisions. Like, look, there's a there's a mind blowing concept. Well, be a role model, right? Be become comfortable as leaders of, and you're a role model, no matter what you do. But be an intentional role model. Hey, Josh, I want to hear your story. Oh, the the, the uh, story. Yeah. So yeah. eight uh, eight thirty a.m. this morning, the doorbell rings, uh, and it's a very fine police officer from the beautiful city of Fuquay, Verena, North Carolina. And the backstory here is that, as you know, I have a dog. Her name is River. You likely heard her rummaging around back here. She finally decided to fall asleep. Um, and my neighbors to one side have a, what I believe to be a unusual definition of what the boundary is between our two houses. And uh, they basically would prefer that my dog never come within 15 yards of their yard. Um, and which is fine. I get that. But the issue is that 
in an attempt to express that to me, uh, both adults uh, took turns yelling at me and my dog, hurling uh, insults at me and my kids and my dog, uh, throwing F-bombs in my direction, things like that. Uh, and actually just like making things up, which I don't respond well to. Like that's like that's not something that's ever going to want me to say like, oh, okay, I hear your plight and I would like to understand and <laughs> dig in with you. It actually does the, the opposite. We're like, okay, well, I'm just going to push the envelope here because number one, I think you're wrong. Uh, and number two, I don't appreciate the way that you're treating things. So this has continued on for months and months. It's just, it's ridiculous. But it got to the point where the neighbors decided to call the police this morning. And just the difference in the discussion, the police officer knocked on the door, said, hey, I'm here because your neighbors called about this. Can I talk to you about it? Sure. We talk about it. We talk about the length of the leash. We talk about where the boundary is. We talk about all, all of this stuff. And we have a good discussion. And I say, hey, like, is there a law that's being broke by what's happening here and she said well yes it's a little squishy but here's how it works because i read it before i came over and here's what the law says so here's what you need to know and understand so if i'm you this is what i would do and just the difference in the way that those two groups approach the conversation made yep. a world of difference coming out of that after talking with the the, the officer I'm like okay cool i get it like i understand now i can I can respect this because I know what it is. The definition of the boundary is still like, that's never going to go away, but whatever. Right. Uh, but just for me to get to the clarity on like, Hey, this is what they're after. Just, just if, if, if someone, and I even challenged them during this, like shouting, it wasn't a shouting match, but this sh sh shouting session was like, Hey, like if you just like stopped and talked to me about this, we could probably figure this out. But, you right. know, everything. So that's going to happen in life. You're going to run into folks like that at work. And could I have handled it better? Probably. But the thing I wanted to highlight was just the difference in how I responded as a human in the discussion that was had. And that changed everything. Uh, so I just wanted to share that because it, it really does define how you can make progress with situations that are like this of just like hey a calm let's have the facts on the table let's talk about it let's ask some questions let's get to a common understanding of what reality is and then move forward so i think that complements something i i wrote down my final point on this topic josh was triggers what triggers us and and being aware of what triggers us. So when you're having, so when you're handling conflict, sometimes the best thing to do is be self-aware and to say, am, am I like your neighbors obviously let it get too out of control mm -hmm. and, and it would have been better for them to be self-aware and say, let's not get it out of control. Assume positive intent. Like, how are you handling yourself? And they were, they sort of lacked that self-awareness. And then, what what are what is triggering us you said something like what, what triggers us and sometimes it might be you know you don't have to hammer out the decision like jeff bezos i don't think well i hope he doesn't say you know you know you have to resolve a conflict until your foreheads are bloodied <laughs> in one in one fell session before you can walk away 
You could take a time out. You can take a break. You can re-clarify. You can step back. You can talk about goals. So I think everyone, it's sort of be be aware of sort of that situational awareness. And and that's a wonderful, and how approaches matter. How the, how the policewoman approached Josh in, mm-hmm. in a very, in a very tough situation because you'd already had this, I mean, at eight thirty in the morning, you have a police that doesn't happen to me every day. Right. right. So yeah. 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 So, but, but it's, it really is t- tone, self-awareness, not letting things get out of control and then understanding your own triggers and then maybe taking a time out. And one of the th- things I learned early in my career, I used to be a loggerhead. I would have to solve things in one fell swoop. So I, I was a loggerhead kind of guy. We're going to stay here and we're going to freaking, you know, until, until we either solve the problem or we die and we're not <laughs> going to die. And, and so, and, and, and I softened that, thank goodness, over time. Uh, and, and that was one of the best shifts that I made as we can come back and revisit. Maybe a little time will help us with this, a reframe. Yeah. The, the, what, what you have to do is you have to get comfortable with the conversation as this escalated over months with with my neighbors um and they would launch into something and i would say something and their response is like i don't even want to talk about it and like well how do we how do we resolve this like this is like we we can't treat this like children and not talk about it like there's a there's an issue here we need to so uh you know part of it is i don't think they like my approach to being calm in these situations that frustrates them or whatever that happens a lot, but um, just, just the willingness to have the conversation, the willingness to be uncomfortable because these are uncomfortable things. Just yeah. like Bob said, uh, eight 30 in the morning and there, the doorbell rings and uh, it's a police officer. Now I knew why they were here because you know, some words that were said last night, <laughs> but, but it was just that whole demeanor with which she approached things that's how we got to resolution and it was very simple very simple josh i think i I think we've explored conflict in a couple ways helpful ways metacasters oh (laughs) well tell me tell me more about that i will tell you how i disagree yes we have covered the conflict but the conflict that we have with our listeners that or even even more challenging our viewers, about 80% of the people that watch our videos on YouTube. Yeah. So I'm talking to you right now, you right okay. now, 80% of you are not subscribed to our channel. Oh my it, God. I know. Can you believe it? Like it's a simple button click. What, what, Just how, help us out. It's a click, right? It's a click. Even, even I could figure that out. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's a oh. subscribe and everything. So, so do us a favor. Can- just throw just, us just a, throw, a no no throw us a bone throw throw us a damn bone everyone Come river on. would love it like a nice big like cow femur or something Exa- river would like that well that set the tone so, so <laughs> that's, that's, that's end on the femur okay. so so from beautiful downtown Cary, north carolina and from beautiful downtown fuquay verena north carolina jeez north carolina yeah, thank you. You know, it's I'm, it's, I'm it's Bob Foster. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake and bake. Take care, y'all.